Welcome to TA1, everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, who just got his uh, itinerary to go to the World Championship, so kind of fun. But that's when I'm recording this, so who knows when you're listening to it. So today's guest is Pavel Polency from the Czech Republic. Pavel is a racer... Good racer, let's put it this way. And he gets uh, my personal uh, stamp of approval. Paul, it's like I'd race with Pavel again anytime. They raced in uh, Patagonia in 11, I think. Um, it was one team, four continents. Um, they got pulled early, but you know, even Pavel says they were starting to move fast and would have done, done okay. But, um, hey, that's Patagonia, right? Um, sounds a little funky on this one on Pavel's end. He was in a little cafe, so there's some background noise. But it, it's a, he's an interesting guy. Um, if you're listening to this before World Championships, we talk, I don't remember if we talk on the podcast, but um, he's planning on being there either to do some media or if anybody needs a last-minute teammate. So you could uh, find him if you if you need to be find me I'll find him for you. So um, let's see. I guess we don't have too much more. I should be if you're listening to this as it comes out at uh, in North Dakota at the North American Adventure Race Championships. Um, but I'll be home Monday. So if you're listening during the week, hey, I've been there. Hell of a race. I can't believe all that stuff that happened. So. Um, Let's see, not much else going on right now. A couple of big things coming up, so there's some teasers. Um, you might want to keep an eye out for a special edition of the podcast, and we'll leave it that at that. So, if you're anybody except Jennifer Van Gorder, go fast and take chances. Thanks for listening. Hi, Randy. Hi, Pavel. It's good to finally talk to you. Yeah, it's good to hear you. I need a bit more volume to hear you properly. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm good. I can. It's great. Well, uh, where should we start, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, 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 lot of things to talk about, so I think it's up to you. Uh, well, uh, tell me about China. Well, China, this was a chi- <clears throat> I mean, the last, last Chinese tour we did, yeah. Uh-huh. Because um, this year we were there about five times, I guess, and this time it was uh, for two weeks and four races. And well, China is always hot. That's one thing. There's always a lot of lot of heat, lot of lot of uh, high temperatures and so on. But uh, I think we are getting used to it. So and all the races are stage races, no navigation. So it's just fast as hell, I would say. Yeah. And uh, China specific in, in the thing that they're 
uh, are big prize money. So there are teams, especially from New Zealand, who do it professionally. So there's like the two worlds meet, the professional world and the world of regular adventure racers, I would say. So it's uh, kind of, you can see the difference sometimes between the professional teams and the regular teams or teams that are more focused on expedition racing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like just an all-out sprint every day, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's all-out. Sometimes it's all-out four hours. Sometimes it's all-out seven hours. But another important thing is that there is no navigation. It's all marked, course. So you just uh, uh, go and uh, it's all physical. On there are Sometimes there are some rope disciplines, but they're just for fun and basically they don't change anything in the result. So it's all-out. It's physical. Yeah. Yeah. So do you do you like that or do you wish there'd be a little more nav? Um, well, definitely I prefer expedition racing because it's yeah. more fun for me. But yeah. this is one of the one of the possibilities where you can make some money to support your expedition racing, and it's it is a good training I would say because if you go yeah. for four or six hours all out, because there is the competition, so they force you to go to go all out. It's uh, it's a good training, I would say. So, well, and it's kind of fun, right? Right. It's kind of fun going to China and, and uh, competing. Yeah, because as I said, we were there many times, but we are always surprised by by something. It's just a world on its own. Yeah. So you don't have to. You, you just can't uh, be surprised. But it's hard not to be surprised there. Yeah. So, um, well, let's let's uh, talk a little bit about you. Where when did you start adventure racing, and how did you get started? Well, I well my background is orienteering, and once I saw a race, which is probably the most difficult multi-sport race in, in Czech, and it was very close to my place, and I and I told myself, okay, I can do it. And it took me 14 hours, and I was then completely trashed. I was 19 or 18 when I did this race for the first time. Yeah. I became hooked. I knew that, yeah, that this is fun. I want to do it more. And maybe three years later, I think, yeah, three years later, I just uh, was a replacement member to one team. They were searching for, for a team member until the last moment. But uh, this was not a regular adventure race as we do for 40 hours or something. It was a winter adventure race for 120 hours, and we used to do it almost completely because the conditions were bad. So some of the some of the stages were cancelled, and still there was only I think five teams to finish, and we finished in in, in those 120 hours. So that was my beginning, and most people would probably uh, never race again but uh, <laughs> I just I just uh, thought that yeah it, it was a big thing for me and I just definitely wanted to continue in, in that sport so it was my beginning never yeah. and well, begin with like make a step one after another I always skip a few steps and then <laughs> it's just like this yeah well it's kind of I mean I've actually had a quite a like four or five interviews in the last week so it's really fresh but most adventure racers are like 
yeah, that was really hard and really miserable. When do I do it? When can I do it again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think if you, if you go to that race and you think, oh man, this sucks. Well, then you're, then you're not going to be an adventure racer. So there is, um, well, there's a lot of emotions and, uh, if you have a good team, I mean, yeah. the team that just works, that is the, the, chem the, the chemistry is there, then you want to do it more and more. Because yeah. people always ask me and I saw, I tell them that it's like a packed experience. Sometimes I say, imagine that you have a 10 or 15 like day trips. And the only thing we do, we, we pack them into two or three days. So yeah. It's like a compressed experience, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so where, I mean, if you, obviously I, I would guess you've probably raced mostly in, in Europe. But have you, where else have you raced at? Yeah, well, we have a European series adventure races, but they are shorter adventure races. Yeah. It's uh, for two days. And then I just uh, really love South America, so I did a couple of races there. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's the two places or two areas where I did uh, expedition races in Europe and in South America. Went to China, yeah. but they were only only stage races and yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. So. so, well, just because I don't probably a lot of people don't know how I know you is you raced with with my wife Paulette in Patagonia on yeah. the Four Continents team, <laughs> and yeah. how I don't remember how did you get hooked up with the team? Who did you know? Oh, it's so. like no one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, we exchanged a couple of emails with Taz, and he was the one who was like really, really loud into racing. Yeah. And I also was few few years before I was looking with off at the Patagonia expedition race, and I wanted to go there. And then I had the opportunity, and it was a, sort of a crazy opportunity to go there with I mean, team you never never seen before. Yeah. But then I just thought, okay, I I can try and, and do this, or I can I can stay at home. Yeah. Then I then I just uh, I've chosen to do this, and I stay there for two more months because I thought, okay, if I'm going to travel half, half of the world away, I'm just not going to uh, get back home right after the race. So I stay there, and even though. Uh, we didn't do really well in the race. There was it, it was sort of experience that opened me um, another world of adventure racing. Of adventure racing, I met a lot of people there, and then then it all went completely different way than I would expect. Yeah, yeah. Well, what Paulette, you know, how she described it to me is, yeah, you guys started out a little slow, but you were really starting to move as a team, and you just got cut off i mean is that kind of what what you think uh yeah that's, that's true well the patagonia expedition race is specific uh not only by the by the place where it is but even by the organization and uh, we didn't feel that it was fair and um, there were some many teams who felt the same and it happened it happened uh uh, another year and, and another year and the organizers are doing 
well, it, it all the same way. Well, well, actually, this year they didn't do any race, but uh, it's also specific in 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 these aspects. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it 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 is what it is, you know, and you know, you kind of know what going in, what what's going to happen. So yeah, um, but so that's kind of where you sort of was that like your first expedition race. Um, I mean, like a ten-day race, or? Well, yeah, it was, it was the first ten-day race. In fact, if well, my first expedition race was probably my first adventure race ever, I would say, because okay. even, it was in the in in Europe. It was in a place where it's like civilized, but we had stages in in, in a lot of snow where we were for twenty-four or thirty hours somewhere in the mountains. And there was basically no facilities, so it, it has some some aspects. It had some aspects of expedition racing and the length, which was yeah. five days, is somewhere on the border. So, but but yeah, th this was this was probably my first real expedition race in the wilderness. Yeah. So, um, so um, what? What have you been doing since then? I know you've been doing a lot of, lot of like trail running, haven't you? Oh uh, yeah, some I do old trails because in, and um, as, as I said, my background is orienteering, so I yeah. did some raw gains and. But I would say that my main discipline is the adventure racing or expedition racing. Okay. It's it's a discipline where I want to put the most effort in. Okay. So you kind of use the other things as sort of training and and uh, just yeah. have fun. Yeah, because you cannot do much expedition races a year, or so but there is a lot yeah. of other activities. Yeah. So what is what's the adventure race scene like in in one Czechoslovakia and two in Europe in general? Is it you know is it a growing a little bit or is it stagnant or what do you, how how do you see it? Uh, I think it's making a progress. It's uh, getting into into the, the the general public. People are more and more informed about that. But I think that the progress is not so not so fast and not so big as, for example, the the trail running because now the running is like booming. But yeah. uh, I think it's it's getting more more attention and there is a lot of lot of smaller races that are not. Express races, but one-day races, which we could make all multi-sport, and that's one of the gateways to adventure racing. So I think it's it's uh, getting more and more attention, but uh, it could be always better. It could be faster. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, everybody I'm talking to seems to think that we are. It's at least on a, on going up. So that's that's a plus. Well, I would like to. Uh, uh, note one quite interesting thing that if you look at the map of Europe and you look around around Czech Republic, it is uh, adventure racing is in, in Czech and then there is in Poland, but around uh, I mean like Germany, Austria, Slovakia, Hungary, no adventure races, no adventure racing team. It's sort of like it's sort of an island of adventure racing in that part of Europe. It's quite interesting because. Then yeah, then there is Scandinavia, which is like world of adventure racing. Yeah. France, Spain, okay, but around yeah. us, 
no no neighbors also like balkan italy nothing um why you got a theory why <laughs> why your your countries are into that and the others aren't well i don't know why why the others aren't but uh i think the first adventure race the czech adventure race was i think 11 years ago okay and i think it was all about few people who just saw it somewhere in the world and took it to check and in the beginning it was i don't know four or five people basically one one adventure racing team but they who had not much experience who had like two races or something so i think it it was it, it was all about all about really few people who were who, who said okay we are going to start it we tried and uh, i think that was the beginning that was the difference was just a few people not not any yeah. any any bigger bigger thing i think yeah well isn't that how everything starts you got to have a, a core group that's really passionate about it yeah and 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 you hope that they don't get tired of it before it it grows beyond them <laughs> yeah well now it now is much more people involved so now it's not only people yeah. but yeah the 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 beginning was important that they just didn't didn't stop for a few years yeah so do you have like a a, a national series or a, a national group that puts on things or is it still kind of localized uh well we don't have a national series of adventure racing because for the real adventure race which lasts 60 70 hours we have one adventure race in czech okay. it's a it's a general in the country so it's not, a, not another place i mean for more yeah there are some some adventure races especially especially there is the european series which are close so we go to Slovenia, we go to Poland, and uh, sometimes now this was there was a European Championship in Turkey. So, yeah, but this is also work of some Czech people who put together the uh, European series of adventure racing. So that's that's the series we have. Okay, and are those how long are those races, and like how big of how many teams do you, do they get? Uh, usually the winner takes around 50 hours and teams that every race there is around about 20 teams we can say yeah. okay. so probably kind of kind of see the same people at each race sort of like I mean that's the way it is here too in the US so um, yeah there, there are some teams we just uh, do try to do the series. And every race, there are some local teams or just some teams who want to try it. Yeah, but but it's I think adventure racing, not only the European but the, uh, completely is like a big family. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think in general, yeah, adventure racing around the world is is a family. You know, everybody, and you you have your little fights, but you make up with it and make yes. up with them. So yeah, yeah. So when. When you started racing, was there somebody that you um, looked up to or, or saw them racing and said, oh, that's, that's the way it should be done and I want to be, be like them? Um, or, you know, did you just have to go for it? Um, 
Well, this this is a quite a hard question because <laughs> I I always um, was passionate about adventure racing and I I went to races and sometimes I was just scouting on internet, searching for races, searching for looking how some people did and so sometimes I saw a lot of lot of uh, people and results and never never saw them before and one when, mm. when you are when you are on a race then the best teams they just um, you don't you don't uh, see them much often because if, if they are the best team then the gap is open then it's extending yeah. through the race so I can't say that I had an idol or, or someone who I would look up to. Yeah. So you just had to had to figure it out on your own. Um, you said, but what year did you start racing? Pardon? What year did you start start racing? When or where? Yeah. Yeah. Pardon? When? It was um, well. The first adventure race was two thousand three. No, no, no. The first adventure race was 2006 or 2007, yeah. Okay. So that even, you know, what, that's 10 years ago. It was pretty, I'm guessing it was pretty hard to find information. I mean, how did you find out about races? Was there was there enough internet presence then? Qu- quite honestly, I wasn't into adventure racing then, so I don't know. Um, but how did you find races and, and, and well, things like that? You had to search for that. There was no yeah. no central point or or um, place where you you would go and uh, see all the all the necessary information. So I was I was really searching because I was really passionate about racing. So I was trying to find information about new races and if it's really happening or not and when it is happening. And but yeah. I think I think the most uh, uh, most difficult thing was put together the team before because mm-hmm. I see a really really fast progress in the in the teams teams are more professional more more prepared more willing to race than five or six years ago so I think that that was the most difficult difficult part yeah so um, so you're I think what you're just kind of saying is that six, seven, eight years ago, teams were just, they weren't really racing yet. They were just trying to finish, and hopefully they finish first. And now now, now their adventure races are actually races. Um, it's much more competitive, I would say. Yeah. I can say that on my second or third, day, third race, which was in uh, mountains on the border with Poland, and it was like... When there was when there were tracking stages, so there were there were really few teams who were running some parts. They were really tracking, and now, yeah. unless the terrain is really really rugged that you cannot run there, there's a lot of teams running. So it's just not enough to run to had had a good position. You have to run fast, and you have to do all the things while running. That's another thing. Teams are much yeah. more much faster in transition era, they are much more prepared. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that the field is much more competitive, definitely. Yeah, well, it seems to me, you know, from some of the things, like when I, Paulette and I started doing 100-mile mountain bike races, it was like you just you just tried to finish. You know, that's it. That's what everybody did. 
you know, and then five years later, then it was like, yeah, I'm, you know, going to go eight hours or seven hours in, in it. But I think any endurance uh, event is like that. When you first start, it's just like, well, can we do it? And then, yeah. then comes the speed. Yeah. yeah. I think you're making better and better and slight adjustments and, and uh, there's the progress, I think. Yeah. So um, here's a question that people like to know. When you when you're out training, are you uh, disciplined in your training? Do you do intervals, heart rate stuff, or do you just go out and play hard? Um. Well, can you repeat the question because I didn't hear the first part properly. Okay. Well, do you when you are you a, are you a trainer? Do you use like heart monitor and do a lot of intervals and very very kind of structured? Or do you just like say I'm gonna go for a 10-hour mountain bike ride or something like that? Well, I switched more to the to the first thing. Okay. Because uh, I think that uh, doing a long rides in or long runs in training are mm -hmm. not uh, having uh, so much benefits for me because as uh, I've been racing for some time and I've been training for even longer. I feel that the, the baseline, the Arabic baseline, is quite well evolved, and I say that the, the endurance I get with with races. So I try to focus more on on speed work and or intensity. But but <laughs> speed work, yes. Some, if, if I say speed work, I mean like intervals or going after yeah. for twenty k's or something. Not like the speed work, what the what the track and field at least do. Yeah, well, it's all relative. So yeah, but, but we're but, trying to put some some faster trainings, and here really helps to not train alone, which uh, means that if you have a team you can train with, it's always yeah. uh, easier. You can push yourself easier because you see someone's faster and so on. So. Yeah. So do you have a a team that's near you that you can train with? Yeah, finally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, because in the past we were from from different parts of the republic, and now we are from still from different parts. But we meet at the uh, one city where they study, and I'm staying. Uh, so we can also have some some team trainings, and uh, that's yeah, that's another thing. As we are, we are doing the team trainings as uh, more structured, more uh -huh. uh, speed work, but sometimes yeah. we Say okay, yeah, we're going to have a team camp or something, and that's something between between a trip, hike, and training. It's just uh, something like we go for trek, we go to mountains, and we go all day, but we try to go fast, so that's all. Yeah. So it, yeah. And do you think that's better? Um, actually, better training just for being together, as opposed like the mental aspect in knowing what your team's going to do. As opposed to actually the physical, because you know you guys can do the physical part anytime, but being together as a team, I think, is can be really, really important. So you know how you work together. Yeah, this is important, but I think that more than training together is racing together. I mean, I mean the race is the best training period. Mm -hmm. I think it, it's valid for adventure racing more than for any other sport, because if you go. I mean, 10k on a on a on a on a track, 
you can quite well simulate it, but you cannot simulate a 50-hour race. So I think race is the best training for this. Yeah, that yeah, that makes sense. Um, so have you raced with a lot of different people over the over the years? Yes. Or have you uh, had? Yeah. Yeah. So you really haven't had a core group until recently. <laughs> Are you? You really haven't had a team that you race with until fairly recently? Uh, yeah, just two. I think it's been a year and a half when we have a, yeah. uh, since we have a like stable team, the same people we race together. But before then, yeah. I raced with many different people. Yeah. Um, was, was that hard? <laughs> and I'll ask you why, because I know from Paulette's experience, um, like when she raced with you, it was easy because because it was four people coming together. But when she's gone on to a team, it's always really really hard. So as and and I think part of that's because it's a woman. But if you go on to a team of three people that know each other, is it? I mean, does it work? Is it hard for you, or is it a little easier for a man? Um. I think it, it, it depends of if the people are real racers, what are your ambitions and yeah. if the ambitions are more or less the same, then I think it is okay. Okay. And uh, I think that, that that's the main main aspect because I raced with Swedes, I raced with the Brazilians and I didn't see any troubles with them. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it was funny because if you're on the third or fifth day and you have to communicate in some other language it might be difficult but uh, <laughs> it, it can be solved yeah. problem <laughs> yeah no i can i can see that so um so are are you have you always been kind of the primary navigator i mean with background in in orienteering i would think yeah most of the time well almost always i'm the primary navigator just uh, so yeah. did you okay um how early did you start doing orienteering? Were well, you young? When very you... early. I was a kid. I was like six, seven. So I went all through the kids' categories and, uh, yeah, to very, very early. Yeah. So I, it's just so funny, you know, here in the U.S. to hear somebody say, yeah, I started when I was six or seven. It's like, you know, here anymore, you, you, nobody let their six-year-old kid out in the woods. So. <laughs> Well, that's one of the things that I think it was not, not only the, the sport itself, but the, the way the sport is uh, organized in Czech. It means that uh, the kids are, have to be quite independent of the, mm -hmm. uh, for their age because they, they spend some weekends uh, without their parents. They go for races which are not far, but they are with the club and not with their parents, and they had to... Uh, organize themselves to get to the start and, and so on and so on. So I think this also yeah. gives you, yeah, learn, teaches you something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's actually, that's probably really good. I wish more people would do it. Um, so, I mean, we've been talking a little bit earlier, but you're not, there's not going to be a Czech team at, at Worlds. Well, there will be a Czech team, but uh, I'm probably yeah. not uh, going to be with them. They're, that sucks. Yeah. Well, but I understand it. That's a Czech team who is a like stable team, and uh, mm. I think they will do good there. No, 
Um, are they going to, what are, well, I'll just ask you, what do you think about uh, racing at elevation? You know, cause they're going to go up pretty high there. And I know a lot of people are not happy with it, but I mean, if you were there, would you be looking forward to that part? Um, yeah, I think I'll look forward <laughs> to that because going to high elevation means that you get to high mountains and you can get to really nice area. Yeah. And, uh, well, it's been, it's been published a long time before. So the teams can prepare for that. There yeah. is, there, there is the profile, which is known for, I don't know how long, but definitely long enough. So, yeah. yeah. Everybody knew that in Ecuador it's going to be about altitude, so yeah, I think that uh, it's okay. Yeah. So, well, I'm gonna. This will probably. I think I'm gonna have this, you know, put out before Worlds. But if somebody needed a navigator and called you, would you go? Yeah. Hmm? Sorry, I just uh, have a bad if, reception here. Yeah, if uh, some somebody said, "Hey, we need it. We need a fourth for our team." Would you, would you go? Would you be ready? You know, would you be interested in that, or would yeah, you, you want to wait for your team? Well, um, wait for my team. I, I think the wait is over because they yeah. just uh, they there is a team and it's a complete team. So if, yeah. if someone called, I would I would really consider it, and uh, yeah. yeah. That's it. So, so I, I still I now train as if as if uh, I was going there and yeah we'll see yeah well you never I mean you know that's the one thing about adventure racing is you never know when when somebody needs somebody you know when Paulette did the Primal Quest she didn't have a team till six days before the race so oh. but but they kept saying well and it was a little easier because it was here you know it was at okay, home but. She did, yeah. Didn't have to travel, but you know the organizations kept saying just keep keep training because inevitably somebody shows up at, even shows up at the race and has a teammate hurt. So, yeah. uh, well, yeah. it's gonna happen. There's sixty teams on the line, or or, or so, or that number. So yeah, there's uh, more teams to bigger probability that someone might need. Them. Might need somebody, so we'll we'll keep we'll keep an ear out. But um, okay, here's here's the question I always have to ask. So and you can have a second to think about it. But what was your best and worst six hours of racing in your career? So the best and worst experience in racing. Yep, the like the best and worst six hour period of racing because because you know every every race has good and bad points. So I always like to know when the absolute worst and the absolute best was. Well, the worst, I think I would put, yeah, some of, maybe it was last year in France where it was such a big heat and mm -hmm. I, uh, I just fainted about two or three times. I tried to push, still push, push, but uh, just the heat was so much. It was, I felt very bad about it because, well, we did not finish and it was because of me and you always feel that uh, it's, a, it's a team sport. 
but yeah. uh, I simply could not help the team. Yeah. And uh, the best, uh, hard to say. I have a lot of lot of good, good experiences. Always reaching a, a finish line after on a long race is filled with emotion. And uh, one race which I re I have really good memories was the Ecomotion was which was two months after uh, Patagonia expedition race which I did with Paulette. Yeah. This was a really good story because then after after Patagonia expedition race I traveled to on, in Chile and then as a coincidence, I met uh, another bunch of racers who went to uh, Isla Chiloé, an island, when there was some secret race or something. And so I was shooting the race, and then I got in contact with some American racers like Romero and, and others. And then the Brazilians told me to, to race with them on Ecomotion. So, and uh, there was a lot of lot of good experience and really stylish race they tried to put their some some idea not only race so it was in Bahia where Brazil was discovered and they tried to make it sort of rediscover Brazil and, and so on so I have really good memories on that race even though uh, it's not the best result I got and we could have done better I see there are a lot of lot of mistakes a lot of things that might have done might uh, have been done better all in all, that's probably the best memory I have from adventure racing. Yeah, and, it, and it's kind of just randomly out of nowhere, isn't that? Isn't that cool? It's just yeah, and and it's it's it was with a team I never raced before, and uh, we we spoke uh, to each other some English, some Spanish, some Portuguese, which I don't speak at all. I could speak only ten <laughs> words, but we manage it, and, and really good good experience. <laughs> No, that's that's really pretty cool. So, um, is there one race out there now that you really, really want to do? I mean, obviously the World Championships, but is there something, you know? Yeah, I think you know, I, World Series race. I yeah, I think the Tierra Viva, which is in Chile, in an area which I yeah. know a bit, and I want to return there. It's a really, really nice area, and I just really like Chile, so probably. That's the race I really want to do. So, cool. I mean, it, it's 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 interesting that you you know that. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people think, well, I don't know, and then, but so so, do you think you're going to go next year? You, are you? Yeah, I believe so. I, I believe so. I see it as a, as a real possibility, not only as a dream. So, so that's pretty pretty cool. Um, let's see. There's something I was thinking about. Now I. Drew a blank. Oh, here's a question that somebody been been asking a few people. Um, what's the best improvement in gear since you started racing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say that, that the best improvement is the, uh, the emergency blanket. It's so <laughs> it's just a. <laughs> That I started using it because I, I wasn't using it before, 
and now yeah. I take it all the time to uh, the mountains when we have a trip because it's so light, so cheap, and so versatile. So it's, it's really a piece of gear which I really like. But to put it more seriously, well, maybe, maybe, maybe the backpacks have come a long way because. Uh, uh, when I started racing, there was wasn't any manufacturer who was who was uh, focused on this kind of racing. And now there are there is there is a lot of gear which is specially designed and specially manufactured for these kind of races for ultra trail racing and so on. So I think I think yeah maybe 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 the backpacks. Yeah. Well, I I I mean I see that I'm. You know, I use Mike Closure's packs for yeah. it's about all I've used the last four or five years yeah. or three or four years. And it's just everything's everything's where it should be. Yeah. <laughs> so, but. Um, and also the headlamps have come a long way. That's another, another uh, point. Yeah. Yeah. I had that discussion with somebody about what we, about what we used to use and how <laughs> it's just amazing that you could even find anything in the dark. <laughs> So, well, cool. Well, let's, um, we'll end this and then we'll, I'll sign off and then we'll just chat a little bit about some okay. things we were going to talk about. I always like doing that to people listening to the podcast because now they think we got some secret plan that we're going to talk about and they're going to be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so I will say, um, to everybody out there to go fast, take chances and, uh, you know, why wouldn't you? So, and thanks for listening.
and keep on rambling. Oh, yes. 